0: Welcome to the Productive Ministry Podcast. This is episode number two. I'm your host today, Rocky Hernandez. I'm so glad that you're here. What you do is important. The way that you live your life is a calling and we're glad to be a part of that. Our podcast at Productive Ministry is designed to talk to people who are the best in their field and find out the principles that they work by and how those principles apply in a church setting. Today, we're talking to Janet Arnold, who is a human resource professional. She works at a financial firm in San Antonio, Texas, and has over 15 years of experience. We were so glad to be able to interview her. We're talking about vacation, which is something that we all know that we should do, but often, for whatever reason, struggle to do very well. You're going to learn principles about how to use your outgoing message, how to talk to your elders, how to delegate tasks, and many more things that I'm sure you might not have even considered considered. Please forward this to your friends who work in ministry or anyone else you might think would benefit from listening to this podcast. We appreciate it. You can go to productiveministry.org for full show notes so that you can have everything that you need to follow along with this podcast. We appreciate you. We hope that you're blessed by this episode. So Janet Arnold, thank you for your time. Why don't you tell us who you are exactly and what it is that you do for a living.
1: Well, thank you, Rocky, for inviting me. My name is Janet Arnold, and I'm an HR manager for a small financial company here in San Antonio, Texas. And it's a small company, and I just adore working with people, with leaders, with all kinds of people, developing them, helping them grow, helping to strategize for our company. And that's kind of me in a nutshell in the work life. For Home Life, I am married to Steve Arnold, who I also adore and have two great kids, Leslie and Will. They keep me not so busy anymore because they're grown children. They're, grown, they're wow. adults. Yeah. So that's, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell.
0: How long have you been doing uh, human resource stuff?
1: I have been in the HR field for about 15 years now in different capacities from recruiting to employee relations, and now this role is more of a generalist and a strategist, and I've loved every single phase I've gone through, and yeah. right now we're going through a, a big deal at our company, so I'm learning even more. I love that my resume continues to grow, and I'm learning new things regardless of what season of life I'm in.
0: That's great. And so our, our audience here is mostly people who work in the religious sector. Um, hey, so religious talk- people. Hey, religious people. And, you know, we're talking to uh, pastors and vicars and just people who who work in churches. And so we might not really understand what exactly an HR person does in a company. So could you just take a minute to explain what that department is all about
1: You bet. In human resources, you're going to see a wide variety of things, but mainly we take care of the people all the way from getting them into the company, paying them, motivating them, coaching them. We've got to grow them, develop them. We then sometimes, unfortunately, have to exit them. So it's that whole cradle to grave life of an employee in the workplace that we try to to help with. Cool. We also have to pay them. Don't forget that part. So we oh, also so have the HR
0: department. Are you guys the ones that write the checks?
1: You know what? Their compensation is mm-hmm. part of the human resource department. Yes, it is. So Do
0: you guys get uh, are people really nice to you because of that? Like, oh, here comes the lady that signs my check. Janet, you look really nice today. You know, you it's amazing.
1: Kind of it's amazing how nice they can be, but the second something goes haywire with the paycheck, you sometimes will see someone's true colors. Just do not mess with me on the every other Friday. That's our paycheck. Oh yeah,
0: it just all comes ready. down. Yeah, <laughs> <That's hilarious>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally, I totally get that. So you know, we don't really. There aren't a lot of churches that have access to to some of those resources and, and having a department or person. That you go to normally we'll, we'll just go to like elders and and they'll do that so the majority of the churches in the united states are probably a uh, 180 members or less and i think that the majority of them are actually 80 members or less when you have you know full-time professional ministers they're always just having to to make it up as they go and there aren't really set standards for How are they supposed to do things in the office? And so there's a lot of self-motivation and things that have to happen. But one of the things that we struggle with, I think, because of that is vacations. Are vacations a big part of what you guys do?
1: I think vacations, Rocky, are a big part of every corporation. It is, or any kind of business. You've got to provide employees with time away. And what I've noticed is different levels of employees, different generations of employees treat it differently. Mm-hmm. Right now you're seeing a lot of people not taking their vacation and while it's something that they're entitled to it, with most companies, if a company wants to remain competitive, you're just seeing a lot of people for some reason not taking it. so that's one of the things that I can only imagine one of that pastors or people in the religious field might, Feel like, hey, I can't take it. I can't be away. People can't live without me. I think that's not just pertaining to churches and and religious organizations. Right. I think that's just across all industry.
0: So, if you were if you were uh, if you were going to say as someone who works in human resources and you're having to do deal with the major mistakes and the relationships that that people make, it comes to this idea of people needing to take their vacations or not feeling like they should take their vacations if uh-huh. people if people don't feel like they should take their vacations does that reflect poorly on Like job satisfaction or work satisfaction? Can you speak to that at all?
1: What I think happens is people don't take their vacation because they're afraid they're not going to be evaluated as highly or they might miss out on something. I call it FOMO. You know, their fear of missing out. What's going to happen when I'm Mm -hmm. gone? Or is someone going to get ahead when I'm not there? the whole competitive kind of thing. So the way I view it is this vacation time, this time away, this respite is for your own good. I sound sometimes like a mother instead of the HR lady, Mm -hmm. but it it is for your own good. Take this time, go away, unplug, come back, and you're going to be surprised at how rejuvenated you can actually be. So right. I am a big fan of take your time guys go away we promise your job will be here when you come back and you're going to be surprised at how much more productive you can really be.
0: FOMO is really good. Fear of missing out and I remember when I was a little kid I I had serious case of FOMO and I never liked to go to bed, right? No. Because I thought, oh everybody's partying while I'm gone or something really interesting is going to happen Absolutely.
1: While I'm gone. FOMO but, is real. It's a real condition.
0: Yeah, but you know I think that I think that with with ministers what would our fomo be it would be something like well i don't want to go because i'm worried that my elders are going to have a meeting behind my back do you know what i mean and so there's that yeah. that level of paranoia of well if i if i go out of town then i don't i don't trust my leadership to do things while i'm gone or it could
1: be any of those, you know, it could be the FOMO factor, or you mentioned that a lot of churches are small and well, there might not be anyone to take over when you're gone. While yeah. you go away, the church will just collapse because you're not there. It, the, the church is only standing because of you. And I don't mean to offend any ministers or anyone, but I've got, I think, some good ideas to help you and your audience. Consider some steps so that you can step away and try to enjoy that time away so that you can come back and be bigger, better, stronger and support us like we're so accustomed to our ministers doing.
0: Okay, so let's just dive in. What are some of those ideas you got?
1: (laughs) Well, first of all, I think. I think it is very important for a minister when I think about how you are especially in a smaller church with social media with cell phones I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably have 99% of all of your church congregation right there on your cell phone they oh, yeah. probably text you
0: You're absolutely right like as the yeah. as the ministry expert right here I can say like you are you are 100% 24/7
1: there All you right. go. And they know how to find you. And yeah. they don't hesitate. And I when I say they, I'm talking about me. I don't hesitate yeah. to, to text my minister. I've got yeah. Ronnie on speed dial. I've got the youth <laughs> minister on speed dial. I right. haven't yet gotten our children's minister on speed dial yet. I'm gonna but give him know. a little time. He's new. So if I want to break him off. in a little bit. I'm gonna scare him That's off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: congregation people, you guys have no chill. Yeah. Right. And
1: just what? I I just feel like I don't stop to think that, okay, I have Ronnie's information. It doesn't dawn on me that Ronnie has everyone's information. So if I were just to text Ronnie one quick thing, because it's funny and it's great feedback, because don't all congregation members have the most awesome oh, feedback to give their minister?
0: Yeah, they put them in as prayer requests on the back of the yeah. cards. Please yeah, pray have, that the music is better next Sunday. Or <laughs> I'd,
1: I'd like to pray that y'all will go ahead and pay for an ad for this um, electronic sign that just got
0: installed.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> those are the things that we are trying to help our ministers with, right? Right. But it dawned on me one day. I know, we just try. It's just what we do. It's our calling. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that the wife, the preacher's wife said to me was, you wouldn't believe how many text messages I get. And I I stopped because I thought, but, but it's okay that I'm giving you a text message, right? <laughs> and she just died laughing and didn't you answer. You
0: everybody I mean, else. Yeah.
1: Everybody else, but you're good with mine, right? Well, it made right. me stop and think, Hey, you know what? He is my preacher. She's related to him. She's the preacher's wife. Why can't I be connected? And then I asked myself, why should I be connected all the time? Why can't wow. they have a life? Why can't they have time? So that was more of a self awareness for me. But as you really? invited me to do this, Rocky, it really dawned on me one of the things to help our ministers get away is to be honest with the congregation, to prepare them and let them know hey, I'm getting ready to go on vacation for a week. Here's what's getting ready to happen. I'm not going to be accessible. I'm going to ask that you don't text me. But instead, I want to build up my staff. I want to build up my youth minister so that he can handle these while he's away, while I'm away. The only way I can grow my team is for me to delegate to the team. And congregation, I need you to help me with that. Could Mm -hmm. you help me? And as a minister, Rocky, how many times do you have to ask your congregation for something. When you go to one person and say, could you do this for me? Almost 99% of the time, they're going to say, absolutely, Ronnie. Oh, yeah. what can I do oh, for yeah. you?
0: When pastor when asks you to do something, you do it.
1: Yeah, you because should, you just yeah. want to. You don't always think of what it is you need to raise your hand and volunteer for. But right. most of the time when Ronnie calls me, I'm like, unless it's really a lot of zeros on the check, I would say, yes, I can do that. So what I really would like to encourage pastors to do is ask the congregation for help. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. I'm going to ask that you don't text me, but I want you to text Bob. Bob is the new Ronnie for the next week. Not only will he be able to help you, but here's the other group that's going to help you. And you prepare the congregation for your away time. And it's amazing how just making them aware right. is, is what you really need to do. Because when I had that aha moment, oh, I probably shouldn't just text them out of the blue. Let me be respectful of their mm-hmm. time away, especially when they're on vacation. Even though I know they're going to adore what it is I have to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait. I might even see him on Sunday or I might email him. Guess what? I don't email's not near as disruptive if That's the true. minister or pastor will silence their phone or unplug in some way.
0: You know, I, I, I just have to speak to this because you bring up an interesting point about pastors taking the initiative. And so the first thing we're talking really about is, is awareness and saying, hey, guys, it's, it's January. I am planning on taking a vacation in June, and while I'm away, um, making sure that people are in place to to answer questions. If I'm able to go to an elder and say, "Hey, I'm I'm out of the office this week. Will you do the hospital visits?" Or if this if you, we have like a volunteer admin that week or or something like that to say, if someone calls and this is what's happening, then this is the person that you call. Is that the sort of thing that you are referring to in all of this?
1: Absolutely, Rocky. And, you know, Perfect. I'm not even talking about a six-months advance notice. Sometimes right. all you need is a week and a half or two. And if you, in Sunday, you announce it, hey, I'm going to be out of town. And I don't know if that's too if that's too open of an approach, But but just think right. about communicating in some form or fashion that's effective, well, that says, I'm going to be out help me can I,
0: can I tell you an interesting little tidbit here and this is this is a church thing you may have you know, never considered this but this is what this is what happens in the church right the senior pastor does not tell the congregation when they're leaving especially if they're going to miss a Wednesday or a class or a Sunday when they're supposed to be teaching because people they're afraid that people won't show up for church that Sunday Oh, that's a
1: great, that's a great little secret. It is. And so
0: we don't tell people so that they show up and they're just surprised that we're not there, but at least they're there.
1: Oh, well, how do you feel about that, Rocky? Do you feel like that is something you need to continue with?
0: I don't know. I think maybe maybe you need to find someone who's a better speaker than you. I know. Maybe
1: maybe that's another maybe that's another podcast
0: (laughs) that that we need to approach. But no, it's really funny that. But that's the that's the deal. Like you're getting all sorts of insider secrets here today.
1: Well, here's what I'd really like to talk about on that insider secret. Now that Mm -hmm. I'm on the inside here, I'd ask. I'd ask who is covering when the main preacher's out and you're fearful that if people knew, I think that's something you need to really address. Do yeah. you not have the ability to sustain your church, your congregation without that person? Your person your your church can't be based on that one person.
0: You know, that is so good. Um, when I was in when I was in Bible college, they always would tell me that good leaders are not marked by how well things run while you're there, but the mark of a good leader is how well things run when you're not there.
1: I love Um, that. Let's put that on a t-shirt. That is, that should be what every pastor strives to do. And let me tell you how sometimes that might be kind of hard because, Hey, I'm an awesome speaker. I can really reach people. The Lord speaks through me. And that's mm-hmm. why people come here. I'd really ask you to re-examine where your heart is on that. That's now that might've been a little deep.
0: No, but. it's a, no, it's very, it's very like in your face and, and like <laughs> confrontational actually, but it's a, but it's a solid question because yeah. um, pastors are just as, as a group, we, we desire so much to satisfy God. And because that's a very big vision, Oftentimes, mm-hmm. instead of being mindful of God's work and approval of our of our own lives, we seek the approval of man. Right. We get very nervous. And, and, and in a lot of ways, we become very needy in that respect. And that this is this is not I'm not saying every pastor, but I'm saying that this is this is something that we really struggle with as a group is. Yeah. that is is that need for approval? We, we want people to say, oh, well, you did a good job or, oh. So glad to have you at our church, and, and we feel appreciated. But a lot of times we seek that that appreciation to mask our own insecurities. Um, yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's a double-edged sword in ministry that way. But
1: And that's probably why, and it's not so much ministry, it's probably true in all the industries. There could be a little dab of that, Rocky, in right. everybody who doesn't go away for vacation. Well, what's going to happen if I miss that meeting? I really contribute a lot to that meeting. I'm really, really coming up with some great ideas. How will we move forward? I used to say that when I worked at Chase and, or people used to tell me that when they work at Chase and I thought, oh my gosh, how have we even been in existence 200 years without (laughs) you? And you could really say that about the church as well, I think
0: wow, I don't even, like, how did Jesus do ministry if you weren't there? Or...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one of the things you, you really need to grow your ministry as a senior leader in a church is how does this church carry on if you were to step away? And I right. hate to, to say that proverbial Mac truck. We'll instead say something. I hope this isn't too unholy. Let's say you win the lottery and you just walk away. Okay. How are how is your church going to carry on? And you want to make sure you have that sustainability and it cannot be on one person. So all the more reason, build up your staff, go on vacation. This is permission to go on vacation.
0: And it's good practice. It's good practice for what happens if the Lord decides you cannot be there for whatever reason.
1: Absolutely. And really when you think about it, By you not delegating, by you not letting your staff grow, you're not really leading them. You're doing it for them. I know. Did I just step uh, on a toe? Did I step on a toe? No, that is so
0: good. (laughs) So, man, that is it's such a powerful idea. By saying if you are not if you are not delegating, you are not leading. If we absolutely, that that is so good. You said the first part about being comfortable walking away. You know, we talk about all the pride issues, and we talk about all the delegation issues. What about when people? What do we do next? Do we? I mean, we have to tell tell them when we're coming back, or I don't know. Like, how does this work?
1: You know, in in the real world. Sorry, I know the right. church is not. We, say, the we call it. The real we
0: call it the secular world or the heathens. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, (laughs) When we go out of the office, we actually leave an out-of-office message. Now, I will tell you, I've had great fun leaving my out-of-office message because when you send an email and you get that automatic reply, I'm out of the office, Mm -hmm. call Sally Sue, I like to spice it up a little bit. And I feel like spicing it up helps people really realize I'm out of the office.
0: Out of the office, just for clarification, when you say out of the office message, you're talking about on your email, right?
1: So on your email. So okay. so again, we've already talked about making sure the congregation knows. And right. in, in the church world, it, it sounds like you're not so keen on sharing that. In the real world, people will send yeah. out an out of office message. Right. And again, I, I kind of like to spice it up and I like to say, I am leaving the office and I am going to be out of any kind of earshot of the internet or the interwebs. I'll call it something funny. So right. I am really going off the grid. I really would appreciate you contacting so-and-so for this, so-and-so. So everything they need is right there at their fingertips. Right. And instead of saying, leave me a message or I'll get back to your email say, if this isn't sufficient, we can chat when I get back. So it's almost like I don't even want you to dump into my email or my message box something for me to do when I get back, because that's going to be just as much work. So what I'd like to recommend, maybe we can tailor this a little bit for your world. If you're not inclined to let the congregation knowing you're going to be out of pocket.
0: Just to clarify here, because this is really good stuff. So the, when we leave an out-of-office message, we're not just telling people, hey, we're out of the office. It's not just about us not being there. But the, the function of that is to redirect them, right? So Redirect
1: go, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so don't leave a message. If you're going out of the office, they should not leave a message on their on your email that says, hey, Rocky, I know you're out of town this week, but I just wanted you to know that my mom is in the hospital. But instead, the out-of-office message, when they go back, when they receive that in their inbox, like that message should say, this is I'm who so you're sorry. supposed I to missed,
1: call. Yeah, I'm so sorry I'm I missed sorry. your email. I'm out of right. pocket. But here's right. how I want to help you while I'm away. We're here for you. For this, for you, call this. call
0: this please, person. yeah. Please call this yeah. person. And if it's anything else, I will get this message on such and such date mm-hmm. when I get back. Yeah. Okay. So But you don't want to leave
1: anyone stranded. You're providing them with a tool to get with someone else and you want to make it easy. You want to make it so that everybody else knows that. I I don't know if there's a way to redirect your emails while you're out. I I don't think so, but still just provide someone with some kind of response back that tells them your message is important to us. Right. Here's who's going to be able to help you.
0: That's really good. I just, I just uh, love the idea of knowing how to use that. Like, I think that most people, our temptation would, is going to be to just say, hey, we're out of the office, and then forget to make sure that they are not stranded, but they are redirected so that they can get the kind of help that they need. That is really important.
1: It could really be a, the most wonderful tool ever. What I suggest is... It get them with a hook. So they're going to see that automatic reply back instead of making it feel like some computer generated thing, make it said, make it say, I'm so sorry. I missed you. You're important to me. Here's who can take care of you while I'm away Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and just kind of make them not feel like, oh, I just got a canned response, even though it's a canned response. But you personalize that response just for them.
0: That is pretty good. When uh, when people go on vacation, they're gone. What have been some of the problems that you... Have you ever had to fix a problem that occurred because someone went on vacation and didn't do something that they were supposed to do?
1: I could probably tell you a thousand stories where that happened
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it's going to happen.
0: Right. And
1: guess what? It Even if... All the prep work that we just talked about is put into place. There's no way. You're a human. You can't account for everything. But, man, you can sure plan out so that there's hopefully very few of those kinds of incidents. Worst right. case scenario, maybe one person has the secret passcode to get in touch with you. But I would really beseech you. Talk about what is really important and what is an emergency.
0: Right.
1: You know, there's no grape juice. What do I do?
0: And well, the grocery store's right. around the
1: corner. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to know if it's Holy Grape Juice or Welch's. So go mm. empower your staff and let them know, guess what? We might make a mistake
0: right.
1: and it's going to be okay. I'm going to be there for you when I get back. But I want you to try and have the confidence to to make a decision. It goes back to how are you going to grow your leaders? They're going to have to fall. And this is where we like to say, okay, at least you're falling forward. You're going to learn. And next time I go out of town, you're going to know that HEB is right around the corner and they've got all kinds of grape juice. You know what? If you can find a way to make people know that it's okay to make a mistake. Right. Um, I know it's maybe harder to believe that in the church world because something as simple as the color of the carpet have caused people to leave a church. Oh yeah. But when you talk to people and say, when you do open up and say, I'm not going to be here for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Here's who is going to be in charge. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's the service program. Here's who's going to speak. You know, you can get that kind of buy-in. Let the elders know, too. Hey, elders, are you really shepherding the people to let them know that it's okay for ministers to, to take time away? Right. Use that That's population really to really help you.
0: That's really good. Elders, if you're listening, please elders. encourage your pastors. Encourage your pastors to take some time off. We yeah, we, uh, we need the accountability. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and then, and then elders maybe you are able to field some of the questions that come up when your pastor takes a time away. Ooh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: You don't have to uh, you know, you don't have to have gone to seminary or had a degree in something to, to help someone, especially right. if it's holding a hand or praying with them. It's amazing how many people are qualified to do that. Even those who don't think they're qualified, sometimes just having someone with a pulse hand, hold your hand is so, so helpful.
0: Great. Right. Is there? Is there a next step? Is there anything uh, else?
1: Here's, here's what I'd like to recommend if it's really, really hard. Okay. who? How much time do you have off? And what is your goal for 2016 to really use that time? And then I'd say, who's your accountability partner? Who can make you take that time or help you feel comfortable about taking that time so that you can go and enjoy your family, go and enjoy whatever activity. So Rocky, let's say Bob is your accountability partner. Hey, Bob, this year I'm entitled to two weeks vacation. Here's my calendar and here's the time I really want to take off. And Bob's going to say, okay, you're wanting to take off on Easter Sunday. That might not be a good time, Rocky. What are some other times that we can really work through? Oh, you want to take off during vacation Bible school? Don't we all? No. Sorry. Erase that. (laughs) That's hard. I love Vacation Bible School. Um, But you need to make sure, hey, let's talk about this and plan for it. And then when there are more people in this plan, it's amazing how it comes together and how they support you to go. And it might even build up their confidence to take their time as well you will say, oh, this worked well for Rocky. Let me try it now. And when you come together like that, of course, you have to because you've got to coordinate your calendars, right? right. So you put it all together like that. And you might be surprised if, as you all all hold each other accountable. If everyone's going to take time away, everyone's going to have the same FOMO. But they're sure. all going to be able to say, everyone's going to through some time during this year be away and all be there to grow and to build up mm-hmm. while they're away and at the end of the day when we all come back it's hey let's sing some kumbaya because we've all had a little bit of rest
0: this idea of accountability when you go on vacation the kind of the other thing you hit on when when you were saying that this wasn't like your direct point but you touched on making sure that you're that you're leaving at not critical times Right, so don't plan your vacation for for VBS week. Don't plan your vacation for probably not Easter Sunday. That's like our Super Bowl, right? Well, so, yeah, you got you got yeah. your
1: big events that happen that you celebrate. So, right. but but I'm not saying that you that everyone has to be present for that. Wouldn't it be nice for part of the the group to be able to be away for those big days? But those might right. be the days that you have to kind of fight for a little bit. But yeah. The big dog might want to be in charge on those days.
0: But, well, you know, and it would have to be critical days. Like, so yeah. if we're doing if we're doing vacation Bible school, is it so important that the senior pastor is there, or is it important that the children's ministry team is there and functioning? Right. Right,
1: and only your church yeah. gets to decide that. What does it Absolutely. need to look like? But when you plan through that throughout the course of the year, you get to define for yourself what does all hands on deck really mean to y'all.
0: So what happens at, how do you delegate something like Christmas time where let's say you're, you have uh, a children's minister or a senior's minister and like a youth pastor working at your church Yeah. and, and you have maybe a volunteer worship pastor or part-time worship pastor. And you know that Christmas Eve service is coming up or Christmas is coming up. One of them uh, or all of them, like all of us, we all want to spend time with our family during that that time of year, but we also recognize that not everybody can miss Christmas. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how would you, and if you were human resources department at imaginary Christian church, and this was the issue, we all want to go out of town for Christmas. What would you, how would you help us to resolve that dispute?
1: So here's where, some some of the things that work out in real America won't always work <laughs> in a church because if you say okay at christmas time I'm going to go with seniority well the same person gets christmas every single year right, right. so what you're probably going to have to do is I know this is going to sound like toddlers you've got to take turns go that's why time. you have your whole calendar planning at the beginning of the year and let's talk about it and why you might think, well, I just don't know yet what I want to do. You get to plan and say, you know what? I'm going to be with my family on Thanksgiving this year, Bob, you're going to go for Christmas. Then next year we can switch all that. And you know, sometimes we have a lot of tenure in the church. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of remember who we're going to alternate this. And I know on, our Christmas Eve service, Candlelight, the, the congregation is filled with a lot of visitors. And, right. and to me, it's more about not the message that I'm going to hear or who's speaking. It's more of, Hey, this is where I go to really worship and sing and light a candle and, someone's hair is going to catch on fire every time I go a little bit for that. I'm not going to lie, but it is so, it is, (laughs) it's not the kind of thing where you need, I don't need the main event talking to me then, because when you think about that season we know who the main event is really. Right. So, so those are the, that's the, that's the piece where if you plan throughout the course of the year, grab those accountability partners and you begin that dialogue, you get to talk about, okay, who's going to go, what do you have planned? What do you want to do? What Mm -hmm. does the whole year look like? And instead of fighting for Christmas, when you negotiate for the whole year, you're going to feel like you're walking away a winner. And that's, that's what HR loves to do when I can provide a win-win for everybody. Man, right. it sure it sure just makes the day go by a little bit better, makes everyone Absolutely. a little bit happy. And and I know it's not all about everyone being happy, but gosh, mm-hmm. sure doesn't hurt, does it? When everyone feels like they've won. Yeah, it's a good day.
0: You know, there's another technical issue that I was thinking about. How do we know how much time we should be taking and and what is our standard? You know, if I were working in the in the in the secular world, this is how much time I would be getting off at this point.
1: So this is really interesting. Churches don't have policies like that, do they?
0: No, not typically.
1: Huh. I wonder if it's something you ought to think about, Rocky. Because I know, I that, know. that's
0: why that's why we started productiveministry.com yeah. so we can have these conversations. This is yeah. so
1: cool. This is so cool. It never well, even crossed my mind.
0: That's why we started ProductiveMinistry.org, org so that we could we can, <laughs> .org, so so that we can, yeah so that we can yeah. have these uh, these conversations. But so this, what, is, uh, this
1: this is amazing to me that um, I've never really thought about it that you don't already have some predetermined time away in the in the world I work in you'll see four weeks as kind of a, a norm for someone who's been in the role a long time perhaps.
0: Four weeks?
1: Four weeks. Is that just crazy to you? That is
0: (laughs) insane to me, yeah. But at
1: the very least, Rocky, gosh, I would love to see that you at least have two weeks that you set aside. Maybe even a week at a time. You might not want to use two weeks all at once.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. I'm glad you answered it because I didn't want to embarrass myself to say, wait, am I supposed to take two weeks in a row? or?"
1: Yeah, when you take all your time at one time, to me it makes for an awful long year. If you don't have yeah. any other time to be away, it doesn't allow you to plan for any kind of emergency. This is all the plan stuff, right? We're not even talking right. about if someone becomes sick in your family and you've got to jet away. It's yeah. the plan stuff, and the plan stuff is is way easier that. The other stuff, except, you know what? You really do learn in an emergency. I've right. got to go away to tend to this family member. And then you just all get into reactive mode. And it's amazing. The church still stands, right? right. So, Okay. So
0: let me, let me ask you a question. I have to get this out because I'm going to forget if we don't address this issue right now, what, when you work in the office, right? You, like if I work at, at your financial firm, a, a week is considered Monday to Friday. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. We are a Monday through Friday kind of company.
0: In in the church, it would be something more like Sunday to Sunday, right? Right. Would we consider? And you have to help me think through this, right? Because this is all new to all of us, um, and that we're, this is why we're having this conversation. Uh, would you say that if if I if I if I'm a preacher or or a youth pastor or whatever function that I serve, I'm missing a Sunday? Um, and that means that that is one week. If I miss two Sundays, is that considered two weeks?
1: I so is this like a trick question? I'm, I'm it thinking kind of it, is. It kind miss, of is because if you miss if, a Sunday to Sunday, are you talking about missing like two, miss Sundays, two Sundays and the weekend? Like the middle? if
0: I have a week sandwich, right? If I have a Sunday sandwich, <laughs> right, where I'm, I'm I miss the first Sunday, uh, I take Monday through Saturday off. Uh, and then I hit, I missed the next Sunday, but I'm back in the office on Monday. Like in the church, my assumption would be is that would that's what we would consider a two-week vacation.
1: But you, how many days was that, Rocky?
0: It was eight days.
1: So when does eight days equal two weeks? What when kind of calculator are
0: you using? <laughs> using a church calculator. So
1: your church calculator <laughs> is...
0: <laughs> so yeah, and so, but, but I mean, just for clarification, um, I can see I can hear all the pastors like amening me right now, or being like, "That's true, that's true." Where, um, <laughs> where, but that would be like in the mind of our leadership or our eldership, they would they would justify that as as having been out two weeks. But in reality, we shouldn't be afraid to say, "No, that wasn't two weeks. That was eight days. I still have six days of vacation left." Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Now, if there are pastors out there that I'm offending by saying that, I, I would really ask you to just look at it from a different perspective.
0: Right. So someday, and, and pastors, the pastors that are offended by that, we will include her email address in, a, in the drop below the podcast. Write so me a note. There.
1: Write me a with note and notes. say, Hey lady, what are you talking about? Don't go messing with my congregation or my church. Right. And I'm like, right. ah, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, sure. I, don't, I don't, I don't see that as, Two weeks. Uh, and I had to marry my CPA because I'm not very good at math. But I right. I know two weeks when I see it and eight days is not it. Yeah, you're missing yeah. two big, huge days. You're missing two Sundays. That's y'all's day. That's the day you're on. Right. But when you think about vacation, that's what it is. It's being away from when you're on work. It's yeah. off work. See what I did there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, so let, help me set a standard here, Janet, because you are our resident expert in HR. And if I am, if I'm negotiating with the church, right, and I'm saying, "Hey, we really need to work on this vacation thing," and I'm going to my elders, and I'm doing all of that, so they're going to measure their vacation. They have like, what can I say that I'm asking for if I if I'm just now starting at a church? what is a reasonable expectation if I'm one year in, or this is going to be my first year in? Um, and what is what is the next break? And then what is the next break like to add vacation on? Just, just give us a guideline. Okay. Obviously, every church will have to set its own standard, but it, it would always help us to have a guideline to be able to say, look, I work in the church, and I know that my elders work in the business world, and this is what you're getting.
1: And as an HR generalist, our favorite word is generally. So I don't know right. if that's why we're called generalists, but generally. Yeah. It depends how many people are in your on your staff to be you when you're not there. So if you are just one person in the congregation or that leads the congregation, then it's going to be really hard regardless of how much time you say you're going to have to ever take Mm -hmm. any time. So if you are a staff of four, let's say you have a senior minister, a youth, a children's and a worship, and y'all all all have preaching duties and Sunday duties and all that kind of stuff, you might might sit down together and say, what if we start out with two weeks vacation? Then after five years, we increase it one more week. If you really are feeling bold, you could Mm -hmm. go up to... Four weeks after, and you might want to set that bar a little higher. Um, You might, you might say 10, you might say 15 years. I'm not sure. It just depends though, Rocky, if y'all aren't using your time away in the first place, why give people more? Someone the other day at work called me and said,
0: did I lose you? Well, that's
1: good. Oh, well, someone called me and said, Hey, it's almost my five year anniversary. I see from our policy, we're going to get three extra days. And I'm like, oh, congratulations on your anniversary. And I love vacation. I'm so glad for you. And I look her up and I say, but look at all this vacation you already have. Why are you so excited about these extra days when you don't even use the days you have? Sure. She goes, I'm a hoarder. I just love having all this time just in case. She has almost 200 hours of vacation stored away.
0: You guys are allowed to save your vacation?
1: We at our, at our, I was gonna say at our church, uh-huh. at our church, we do not make you use it or lose it. At one certain point though, if you reach 200 hours, you no longer accrue any more vacation.
0: I see. So 200 yeah. hours, that's, uh, that's, a long would, time. that's five weeks. Yeah. Right.
1: So it's kind of like you're excited for all this vacation, not to use it, but just to have it. I'm sure you can bring out a Bible verse about storing stuff and hoarding stuff, right? There you go. So (laughs) those are the things that sometimes people think about. So before you develop a policy for your own church, Think about what it is you really need. So it might help you to think of what the other world is doing. But I'd Mm -hmm. instead say, what would work for your church? And, you know, a lot of times you don't see ministers really on the high end of the pay scale. What does it really cost to give our ministers some time away? It's not like I have to pay extra money. It's not like I have to go buy somebody to come in and fill in for you while you're gone. It's one of the nicer kinds of perks that a lot of times a church can't afford. You don't have to pass the collection plate around to right. build that up for. But so, you have oh, to want to be able to take it to, to really develop it and use it.
0: Absolutely. What, what about like if I want to do continuing education or if I want to go to a conference or something that's going to, so, you know, if I want to go to a preaching conference or if I want to go to a missionary convention, uh, like a national uh, pastors convention or a leadership convention of some sort, does that in your industry, if I went to a convention, would that count as time off? Does that, do I have to take a week of vacation to do that?
1: That is not vacation. That's part of your work. That's part of your development. If you are truly at a convention that helps build you and prepare you for your current job you're in. And right. is going to better your con, your congregation. It is your work. And wow. if I went to an HR conference, which I have, I'm not counting that as my vacation. Wow. Now, if I go to, if I go to a church conference, I'm probably going to use my own time to do that because yeah. that does not, while it builds me and makes me a better HR manager, Mm-hmm. it is not directly tied to bettering my company or, or lending my skill that in that fashion. Perfect.
0: And I'm going to ask this one just for the youth pastors out there. If I take kids to camp, does that count as vacation?
1: Rocky, when has ever going to camp <laughs> felt like vacation? I know,
0: but the number one favorite question people like to ask when you get back to campus, is, how was is your vacation? And you're just oh. like, I'm going to punch you in the face.
1: And why you, really, you really can't punch your congregation. I know, I know. know I, I hope no. I never asked you that because no. taking a bunch of kids in a van. Oh my gosh, Rocky, remember our van that we had to stop uh, every five minutes?
0: Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about the, uh, the, the, the big bus. big bus.
1: That big bus.
0: The big bus, right. Yeah, kind of, kind of, we had like a thousand kids on that trip. That was insane. Yeah,
1: that was. And, and there was nothing about that trip. While it was enriching and fulfilling, never once did vacation cross my mind right. as to, to, to how to describe that.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and maybe to you, maybe to you, like these these questions seem silly, but I'm wanting you as an HR professional to just reaffirm the fact that those things are, are part of our job, right? That so is we don't, your job. We yeah, we shouldn't have to feel, a lot of times we feel like we have to justify uh, our vacation or we have to justify going to a conference and, and becoming better at our job or, or we or we have to justify uh, being out of the office, even if it is for something like camp, to to, to people who might not understand and uh, pastors and, and church leaders, I just want you to hear right now uh, we just said this, that this is part of your job. You do not have to feel bad, feel that you have to give up a week of your vacation because you went to leadership conference or because you took the church kids to camp or, you know, senior adults on their senior adult trip. Um, don't let people make you feel like you can't take time off because of that. And then personally, don't justify not taking time off by saying, oh, well, I went to this conference or oh, I took the kids to, I got to go to Colorado, but you know, there were 200 youth group members with me, but still it was out of the office. So don't, don't let people talk you out of your own vacation time and don't justify your way out of taking vacation time. Would you agree with that, Janet?
1: You know, there are two things that I want to respond to on that. And if you are, if you are going on a conference, if you are going to camp, when you come back. If you are that person who feels guilty for taking time away, even though it's work-related, share with everyone what you learned at that conference. Come back and disseminate that information. Nothing's worse than going to a conference, taking that material, putting it in a manila folder, and shoving it in your drawer. If you come back and teach and cascade all of that information, Rocky, other people get to develop from it as well. And it might lessen that feeling of, oh, I was out of the office for a couple of weeks or a week or whatever. And, it might lessen a little bit of that guilt you feel. You knew I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I love that whole guilt thing. Oh but yeah. Everybody, a lot of people really like to feel guilty about that. Don't come back yeah. and share that knowledge, and it might help you feel a little bit better about it. The second so thing, Catholic
0: I, to, our, to our Catholic listeners. Her email address again is going to be <laughs> down at the bottom of the screen. Go so, ahead, Jenna.
1: Do I need to go ahead and say, I entered into this with the purest of heart and intention <laughs> do, to only help you.
0: But the, you. Sec-
1: the second thing I want to say is, and this would be to any parent who you just took care of their child, you put them in a bus and you took them across country and you made sure that Remember rule number one of when we used to go to Believe, it was don't get dead. And you brought the child back and they did not get dead. There's nothing about that parent that is a vacation. When you are on and you have that extra added responsibility of ensuring that kid doesn't get dead, that's hard work. That's not a vacation. So please help educate your parents. And don't be afraid when someone says, how was your vacation? Say, oh, I just want to make sure you understand. This isn't going to be a vacation for me. It's still my passion. It's still my love. And I'm happy to do it. But I don't want you to think that this is anything less than work. Taking care of your child is going to be work. And I embrace that. But let parents know, let people know the things that tick you off. You know, right. it's okay. Hey, there was nothing about that. That was a vacation. But thanks for asking how the right. trip went,
0: you right. know? Right. Oh, Janet, you're so good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just blown away by I have so many uh, thoughts. It's so interesting talking to someone about work stuff that doesn't work in the church. And just to... Just to kind of see the differences, I've you know I've been I've been doing ministry since 1997, and since I've been working in the church, I've only been working in the church, right? And so you forget sometimes that that the way that we do things um, is not the way that the rest of the world operates. It's certainly not that the world has it all figured out, but I think that sometimes it's interesting to see corporations and businesses, uh, will treat their people better than than churches will treat their pastors when it comes to the area of, uh, vacation and compensation. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: And and the compensation piece I get, you are trusting your followers to support you and that's
0: hard. And that's, you know, that for, for us, uh, that's less motivation because ultimately we recognize that it was the Lord who said he would meet all of our needs not right. the church that we work at so we always want to keep God in that but there are other ways uh, to to support and and to encourage and and time off is such an easy thing to give someone do you know what I mean so well,
1: Rocky, I really feel like the Lord does want us to take vacation and you might right. be thinking, oh, good golly, where is this going? But when you think about be still and know that I am God,
0: be right. still
1: doesn't mean shut up. Be still means take take time away. If you really research the whole be still, it it does have this this feeling of, hey, I need to come down from whatever it is I'm on. I need to vacate whatever it is I'm doing. And you right. might feel like that's a little bit of a stretch, but it's how you really get to know your Lord mm-hmm. and Savior. You you can't do it when you're always on if you don't take that time to be still.
0: Right. What that's that's so good. When we think about what is it is that God expects of us? You know, this this is, he's the Lord of the Sabbath, right? Like mm-hmm. he himself, God himself creates the world. Uh, in six days, and then he rests on the seventh Sabbath, Sabbath, and then on, and then when he's making the big ten, the big ten commandments, he he reminds us the, of the importance of, of taking a Sabbath and resting. And certainly, if if the Almighty, powerful God of the universe takes a day off, Rocky Hernandez can take a day off. And things are not getting <laughs> going to go spinning out of control. You
1: know, at least so, a half day, right?
0: At least a half day. At least a day.
1: half day. Take a partial there. But Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, Janet, you've been you've been wonderful. Um, we have been talking for an hour.
1: Have we really? Time flies. Yes. I've time enjoyed flies.
0: it. It's been fun. So I, I just want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to ask you, is there anything that you would like to promote is there a bank you want us to start using? What do you got?
1: I don't want to promote anything, except okay. I would I would just love for pastors, congregation, all the audience to consider looking at this in a different light. Something you said resonated with me, resonated with me, Rod, uh, Rocky, it was, I've always worked in the church and the church is all I know. And you might not think of, hey, I need to be worldly and look towards corporations. But sometimes there's some good policies that are in place that really help guide and provide structure and provide boundaries. And I'd I'd really encourage you to look at things that could help you in the church. I know you've got to be you've got to be able to be flexible and adapt to whatever's thrown your way. But maybe maybe if you kind of start small with a little bit of vacation and maybe maybe it'll lead to even more and to help build that congregation and help build the kingdom. That's what it's all about.
0: Janet Arnold, thank you so much for your contribution today. Janet, I would love to have you back on uh, our podcast sometime in the future with more HR questions if you'd be interested in doing that.
1: Absolutely. Say the word. And if I can get my Skype to work, I'm your
0: girl. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Rocky. Thank
0: you. Thanks, guys, for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. I know I really enjoyed interviewing Janet Arnold. I hope that she will be able to come back and help us with some more human resource issues in the future. Just a reminder, show notes are available at ProductiveMinistry.org. If you could do me a favor, if you think that this could benefit somebody that you know or you know someone who's struggling with this issue, if you could just forward them uh, through an email, click the link, or direct them to our website, I would really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, guys. And as always, we hope you have a productive week.